Hey guys, it's Gary Vaynerchuk, and this is the Gary V Audio Experience. Hey everybody, this is Gary Vaynerchuk, and this is episode 248 of the Ask Gary V Show. We flip the script. Usually I'm in your world. Yep. I'm excited about this. Yeah, man. Uh, for the three people that don't know who you are, let them know. Uh, Charlemagne the God, the Prime Minister of pissing people off, the ruler of rubbing me the wrong way, the architect of aggravation, that's me. Uh, now author of Black Privilege, opportunity comes to those who create it. Radio personality, TV personality, professional slang spitter, heavy hitter, shit talker. Wow. My man, you've re- you've, you, you know, you really got your thing down. That was really strong. <laughs> so listen, one thing that excites me is you, you're interesting to me. You're interesting to me because I think you really, really, really get it. Mm-hmm. The reason I've really enjoyed getting to know you and your crew is like I just think you get it. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by getting it is I think your intent is good. I love that. Everything's about intent. And then I think you understand where attention is. Mm. And I, I like the way that you put yourself in positions to be heard, to, to hack culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think you're smart. And I think you're a nice guy. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. My grandmother always told me manners will take you where money won't. So I mean, you know, I don't have like a formal education. I didn't go to college or anything like that. So all I have is like, what you got? that's what I got. So when I walk in the room, I just try to, you know, show love to everybody, treat everybody the way I would want to be treated, treat them with respect. And you know, it seems good things come from that. Now, you, you're promoting this book. This is coming out now, it's shortly, when? April 18th. I don't know when this podcast is going ahead, but. Now. Now. Okay. Live. Questions, get ready. Facebook, get yes. ready. We're about to do some calls. Uh, start. Oh, we live. Oh, we're Facebook live. Oh. Oh, right. what, what? That wakes you up a little no, more? I'm ready. Okay. Okay, good. The book is out April 18th. Okay? <laughs> you can pre order now at uh, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, seethebook.com. How'd you get all these fancy people to give you quotes? That's just years and years of networking, man. I mean, I got uh, Lena Dunham on the back. Lena Dunham is somebody I met um, maybe like a couple years ago. I call her my problematic princess. You know, because I've always been a fan of girls, and then she started responding to me on social media. You know, social media, it, you know, it connects the world. If it was six degrees of separation before, now it's like one or two. True. Um, Issa Rae, you know, somebody who I a lot goes down on the DM. Yeah, yeah. Issa Rae, I don't know if you, I don't know if you know Issa Rae. Issa Rae has a show on HBO called Insecure, and uh, she's one of those people that has just utilized the digital world to her advantage because she started off with a with a web show called Awkward Black Girl, mm-hmm. turned into a book. Now it's a hit television show called Insecure. Stephen Colbert, South Carolina legend. I've done the Colbert show. How'd you feel about South Carolina losing Final Four? Were you sad? You were you're really home. into it, right? Yeah, my wife went to my wife went to the University of South Carolina. I had a lot of sex in the quad house. You know, a lot of unprotected sex back in the day on on, on the University of South Carolina. Don't promote campus. them, wrote, wrote. You're gonna get in trouble. Yeah. Don't promote unprotected sex. Oh, I'm married now. No, tro- no, Trojan the brand is you know could oh, be could be watching. I'm not I, talking about people. I definitely brand. used to wear magnums. <laughs> When I was, you know, so having sex with other women. You know, you're, I see this book every, like, you're really doing it. I'm trying, man. I'm trying to follow your lead. Well, you did. You followed that little hack direct to Amazon. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so what is exciting you right now? You've obviously got this. What, what is the premise of black privilege? The premise of black privilege is uh, black privilege opportunity comes to those who create it. You know, it's this whole concept in America of 
white privilege, which is a very real concept, you know. Um, but I feel like wealth privilege. Wealth privilege. No matter what you look wealth, like, that's real. Wealth. wealth privilege is real. Celebrity privilege is all type of celebrity pr- privilege. Maybe the realest of them all. It might be the realest of them all. Donald Trump is president. It might be the realest of them all. I absolutely agree with that. So I just feel like you have to embrace what you have. Like I was created a, a black man. Like how you always talk about, you know, when when a, when a person had sex, one sperm cell out of millions. It's just crazy. One sperm cell you got out lucky. Of millions created a, created us. So it's a privilege just to be alive and be breathing. So for me. I am what I am. I'm a black man in America, so I have to find privilege within that. Like, I can't look at a, a, a white person and be like, oh, he's got more privilege than me because of the, the color of his skin. Even though that may be true, I still gotta live. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. Like, it's, it's just like sports, right? Like, okay, he's faster. Mm-hmm. So, you know, drill into him because he's not as strong. Like, so, yeah, so do I something. So I shouldn't run? I shouldn't even compete just because he's faster than me? Or, I actually genuinely think, like, look, he's faster. So like, I'm stronger, I'm gonna bash him down for three Absolutely. quarters and by the end I'll win, Absolutely. right? Like, like, and by the way, to black privilege, which I genuinely believe that in a world that we live in, and by the way, I believe in all those privileges, wealth, white, celebrity, it's a nice, it's a better time to be black than it was 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago, especially when hip hop culture, there's not a white kid that works at VaynerMedia that isn't affected by hip hop culture. Oh yeah, I mean black people have changed the world. I mean, you know, it's so funny, uh, you know, they talk about people co-opting our culture, but you know, you look at a movie like Get, Get Out, <laughs> like they want to co-opt our consciousness, period. They want to co-opt our spirits. And I just feel like it's a spirit that has uh, permeated the whole planet. Like everything starts and ends to me with hip hop culture. Like they still like to use the term pop culture, but pop culture just means popular. What's the most popular culture out right now? Hip hop. Let's go to the phones, Andy. Yeah. And so, and let's talk about hip hop while Andy gets the first call. Who's exciting you right now? Um, right now I still love Big Sean. I think Big Sean is the best rapper out right now. Kendrick. Why, why do you think he's the best rapper? Like, because I'm just I'm just simple with it. Lyrics, delivery, bars, you know, different flows. I think Big Sean got that. For whatever reason, people don't take him serious enough. Why? I don't know. It's interesting with him. Like, like somebody like Kendrick, Kendrick can say something and everybody holds on to his every Because Kendrick plays that role where he's like, you know, he positioned himself like thoughtful like that. Hello? True. Hello, what's your name? Hashem, Hashem Lafon. My man, you're on the Ask Gary V show with Shah. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> what's up, my guy? See the guy, what's up? What's up, brother, how are you? I'm good, man. I, I watch The Breakfast Club all the time. I watch Gary Vee all the time. You sound like a very smart man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got good taste. I'm trying to get my life in order. Well, so what's your question, my man? All right, so my name is Hashem. I have my wife, Janetta. Um, been together since high school, sweetheart. Um, I have two baby girls right now, two-year-old and one-year-old. Uh, another one, a boy on the way. And we've been documenting our life on Facebook so far for for a while now. Mm-hmm. What's and, a while? Uh, it since it first came out. Okay. So you mean like you've been put up pictures of us? Yeah, you've been putting up pictures. Okay. Life. So you mean like every other person on Earth? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Just want to establish that. My, my daughter. Yeah. My my two year old daughter just like had a video that had eight million views. I'm just saying her saying Google Gaga. Like, that, that oh God! Now you think she's gonna be famous? Well, she is oh, famous. No, no, oh, oh, it's definitely. I'm an artist, but I'm an artist. I'm a filmmaker. I do, I do as much as I can to provide for my family. So do your and thing. I do things that actually get me famous, but my kids are naturals, and they become, they became models and stuff like that. I love it. Now my question is, yes. how do I monetize something like this? We have a huge following, and I want to, I want to figure out how do you monetize that. Have you had brands reach out to you? 
we've reached out to brands. My, my wife does that. She's out, she's reached out to different baby products and stuff like that. And they've been giving us free things to take pictures with and stuff like that. But how many followers I mean, do you, how many how many how many followers do you have on Instagram and how many followers do you have on your Facebook fan page? On on Facebook, I have sixteen thousand, and on on Instagram, I have one thousand three hundred. You're not big enough. I'm verified on Facebook, so I'm <laughs> I mean, I'm not even glad. That's always a difficult question for me because I don't think you should try to monetize fame. There's nothing attached to it. Like, what are you famous for? Like, if she had an actual skill or a talent, or well, something she does. It's, it's. I think. I, so this, I think this is actually an interesting debate because I would say escapism mm-hmm. is is the fame, right? So, like, when people say, "What what is she famous for?" Like, is watching men run around and throw a ball into a basket or throw it around and run over each other, when was that considered a huge skill and when wasn't it? Mm. You see where I'm going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really interesting yeah. time, right? Like what becomes, you know, what, it's amazing to watch America, this market, make certain things skills. Kids did not get paid to be good at skateboarding in 1960, they do now, because people will watch it. So famous for the sake of famous has been around forever. An icon named no, Zsa Gabor, not, but they are. Zsa Gabor was, didn't, wasn't known for everything. She tried to act. Everybody can try to act. I think it just comes down to attention. So Zsa Gabor was the original Kim Kardashian is what you said. 100%. Okay, got you. It's true. I just feel like you still have to have something attached to it. Listen, the attach is escapism. Okay. I, I think like if you're pretty, that's escapism. Like eyes are on you. Mm-hmm. It's called modeling. Pretty girl privilege. That's real. <laughs> yeah. That's that might be actually. Let's take the fame one out. That might really be the that one. That might be the one. My man, listen. Here's the punchline. I think I think you might be slightly delusional in a very sweet way. I feel I can already tell you're a good guy. You're just like the numbers, and I haven't even looked at the engagement rates against that top line following account. But like everybody's got two thousand followers. Everybody's got sixteen thousand followers. You can't monetize because brands don't think it's special enough because you don't have enough of attention. You're a TV show, bro. You're a TV show. You just don't have enough viewers. Mm. Okay. Right? So I think, of course you think your kids are the most talented. I literally think my two are as well. It's just what we do, right? Yeah. Like you gotta let the math speak. It's great that you're getting free stuff at those numbers. That means your wife's a hustler and a salesperson and she's doing her thing. Getting free stuff at those numbers is already an accomplishment. I kinda wanna hire her, send her my way cause that's a good job for that small of a base. <coughs> to start getting paid five, 10, $15,000 by a brand, you've gotta get those numbers and engagement up, period. All right. All right. Good luck, man. What you said is interesting too about escapism, though, because I think sometimes you can have those numbers just because people are bored. I don't know if I want people just to be tuning into me just because they're bored. But they're tuning into everything because I mean, bored is, is the slang term for I'm not I'm not doing something right now yeah. and I want to do something else. You know what's really interesting? I'm also fascinated by when the political climate is rough, like it is now. Like you know, when people are scared during times of war. These so during World War II, one of the things that grew was the circus. People had no money for porridge. And they were going to see the circus because when life's hard, you need to just do shit that doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Jets. Like, like the Jets mean so much more to me than people realize because it's the one place that I really care about something that really doesn't matter. It does though, it's a different level of excitement. You get dressed, you go. Some people you know? feel that way about runway shows. Some people feel that yeah. about a new album dropping. Some people feel that about kids playing hacky sack. Yeah. Everybody's got their different interests. Rap wasn't music, remember? Until it was. Yeah. Like everybody tried to diss the new thing. Esports, right? 
Instagram models. Hello. Hello, my man. This is Gary Vee. You're in the Ask Gary Vee show. He said Instagram models. Holy Christ. Okay. What's your um, name, man? Uh, I'm Jonathan. All right, Jonathan. LeClaire uh, from Richmond, Washington. I love it, man. What's your question? Um, okay, so uh, when you started the 2017 flip challenge, I decided to try doing that selling books. Let me just say one thing. Let me say one thing, Jonathan. I apologize because it just has to be mentioned for everybody who might not know this. The reason the 2017 Flip Challenge happened was because I was on The Breakfast Club. We were doing our thing. And we said, okay, give a practical piece of advice because I'm good and I didn't fold and feel sad. I came up with one on the spot, which was go buy stuff at the dollar store and thrift stores, sell stuff in your house. And now there are tens of thousands yeah. of people selling stuff. I'm getting crazy emails of like, I had, I had no money, now I have $4,000 because I sold all my clothes that I don't wear. So it's been huge, I'm glad you jumped on it. And thank you Charlemagne for having me on the show to create that little micro movement. Go ahead, Jonathan. Yeah, okay, so um, we made progress on that but it's going slower than I'd like because we only made a couple thousand dollars. Only made a couple thousand. Oh my God. Punch him. Only made a couple thousand? Come on, bro. How much did you have before? Zero. Well, we put in like 2,000, so. Okay, and so, you good. And so, what, what's, how, how much are you working? Like how much are you spending time going to thrift stores or whatever you're doing to get these books and then flipping? How much time are you allocating? Uh, not as much for the results I want right now. Not as much time for those. Okay, okay, that's but, fine. Um, but keep talking. Continuing that, yeah. So um, I wanted to because books, though, like the return for the time wasn't where I wanted to be. Yep. Um, me and my business partner for the um, idea because we made a like an MC around it. And yep. Anyway, we were um, wanting to scale up the idea. Okay. And so essentially, just create. Um, so because for the book selling industry, you have to like go to everyone who gets donations. Yep. Like Goodwill and Facebook yep. and everything. Yep. So we just wanted to access the mainstream of donations ourselves and set up a system around that and like create a thrift shop slash econ store. And so I was wondering what your thoughts on the best way to do that would be. Well, if you were impatient flipping books, you're about to get really impatient because the ambition you have to build this to arb out the Goodwill and the Salvation Army uh, and Amazon resell is a beast. So, mm-hmm. you know, what I would say is you're gonna need to really play and build something big. It depends on your ambition, mm-hmm. right? Um, okay. I, uh, so look, to build a real platform like that, you're talking about millions of dollars in development, uh, millions of dollars mm-hmm. in advertising, and a decade. Okay. <laughs> see, you know, see, that's the problem with a lot of these kids nowadays. They want it now instead of realizing that you just gotta appreciate the process. And I'll say something about Jonathan. I can tell that him and his homie wanted to be smarter. They said, wait a minute, right? Like I can feel it from him. Jonathan, here's what I'm gonna say. If you wanna be the platform, that's such a big game. Everybody wants to be Uber and Airbnb and Amazon and well, Google, right? I don't, I don't wanna be the, the platform. Like, I wanna still use Amazon for reselling. I just wanna get the donation so I don't have to pay over for the donation. I know that. You wanna be a platform. Okay. You wanna be a collection platform for the inventory yeah. so you can flip it. The problem is you have zero awareness. Mm. Nobody knows you exist. Mm. And to build real awareness, you have to spend real money and do a lot of things or be very, very bright or things of that nature. I would tell you, you, there's a lot of different ways to think about it. So for example, you'll probably succeed quicker if you put up signs on trees all around your neighborhood and paid kids $5 an hour to garage sale and buy every book and then arbitrage the Mm -hmm. garbage out. 
You gotta be annoying. Like you gotta be DJ Khaled levels of annoying. You've gotta be like seriously. Charlemagne is a fucking asshole, but he's, but he's my, my favorite, favorite one. one. Absolutely, you gotta be a lovable asshole. There's nothing wrong with, with selling yourself. Jonathan, before you worry about scale, like I'm worried that you didn't put enough. Like you could, like one thing that people don't realize is there's a lot of different ways to flip. Meaning, you went to books. That homie Resi Resells made a lot of money because he just went all macro. He just bought every book and just made the ARB and then decided what to do with the bulk books. Every single person watching this right now can go to Marshalls, buy sneakers, flip them on Amazon and make money. Every single one. Now, some people are happy with $2,000 for 11 hours of work this week. Others aren't. You've gotta figure out if reselling fits your ambition or if you need to be doing something altogether different. What reselling is really good for, in my opinion, is for people that wanna make under 100,000 a year with the 19 hours a week that they waste. That's set. If you get really good, and, and, and you're lucky. I was giving that advice because Emmy was pushing me like, I got nothing. So I was doing that, I said dollar store, I was like six bucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Buy six, tchotchkes, make 11 back, go buy, buy 11, yeah. 11 tchotchkes, 19 back, go buy 19 tchotchkes, $43 back. When I hear two kids got 2,000 to start, you could make, you know, that's a that's a $10,000 sneaker flip from Marshalls. I wonder what he wants. Like what, what's the, what would be a, a number that's, that, that, that's a good goal for you? Like what do you want? What would make you happy? Well, what time scale? <laughs> yeah, but like, so okay, let's go there. What's your time worth, bro? What What's your time worth per hour, Jonathan? Um, like this last week? No, no, you've got this thought in your mind of my time is so fucking valuable that I've got to make it efficient. In your mind, what is the money you want to make per hour? Well, I don't like to have a time work per hour. I just have a goal for like uh, about 15 years from now. What's the goal 15 years from now? Um, a couple hundred million. <laughs> a couple hundred million. Good, man. Okay. Yeah, not, not like, I have an actual specific number, it's 440, but that's because my ultimate ambition is to go to Mars. <laughs> to go to Mars? So, yeah. Well then, dude, then, then like, so like, so you're, you're telling me your ultimate ambition is to go to Mars, not the 440 million, right? But I want the money to be able to make got sure it, I have it. three okay. times as much needed. So you're hustling to go to Mars. The way Gary hustles to buy the Jets, he's hustling to go to Mars. I like the wrong with that. I'm not mad no, at that. I'm, I'm super happy. I'm Jonathan, I think you should document, you, you, should, you should literally document your journey to Mars, bro. I'll watch <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, good luck. Let's move on. I mean, listen, I, I think that would, listen. That's an interest. I've never heard that before. He's selling books because he wants to get the world. <laughs> wow. Let's get one more. Let's get one more. No, but listen, I think, I think, look, let's make this valuable for everybody. Jonathan is super valuable to so many of you the same way Taylor really hit a nerve for so many of you. Jonathan is so worried about something so macro, so macro. Do you know how much I worry, worry mm-hmm. about buying the New York Jets? Goose egg. Robert Parrish. It's what I'd like to happen, but I don't think about it every second and every little transaction. Macro transactions, when I sold a piece of this fucking empire to Steven Ross, I thought about that because he's yeah. the owner of the Dolphins and that whole thing. But. Not on every little transaction, not when I was selling books, not when I was doing every little thing. Stephanie Land, my ghostwriter, <coughs> the best in the game. Did you use a ghostwriter? 
Um, no, I wrote. You wrote. Okay, I'm impressed. Collectively. Stephanie, Stephanie is responsible for all four of those things actually becoming a real thing. Who's this? Uh, Chandra. Chandra. Hello. Hello, this is Gary Vee, and you're on the Ask Gary Vee Show with Charlemagne the God. What's up, Sandra? Ah, get the fuck out of here! <laughs> yo, that's crazy. Yo, y'all are like the two most, like my most favorite people ever. Like, ever. Like, that's, it's so crazy. I, I never even put my number in here before until today. Like, that's crazy. Wait a minute, oh wait a minute, God. wait a minute. You've never put your number before? You didn't love me enough to put your oh. number before. It took Charlemagne to actually do it. No, I, ne- I never really watched it live because I always listen to you at work. Respect, so I, I appreciate I'm it. I'm always like watching the video. I don't ever watch it live, but just today it just so happens that I was able to watch it live. True, true, oh, this true. Is crazy. All right, what's your question? And what's your name? I didn't catch it. Okay, it's, it's Sharonda. Sharonda, got it, great. What's your it's, question? Okay, um, God, uh, my mind just went blank. Okay. Okay, uh, one one question I have for uh, Charlemagne, right? Yep. Yes. Um, okay, I, I, I pre-ordered your book already. Um, Thank you. The Black Privilege book. Appreciate and, that. Everyone should. And Gary, I have all of your books already. Everyone that came out so far. Stephanie's very happy. Okay. Um, so for Charlemagne, okay, I, I know that you're a big believer in the secret and absolutely um, stuff like that. So my thing is, I think that. What? How do you feel about coming out with like a documentary video that's something like The Secret, but more for the quote-unquote urban type area? Because I feel like that that's something that the black community in particular is missing out on, like as far as uh, keeping your energy high, um, being positive, stuff like that. And they, it, I think that would change a lot of what's going on in society. Just yeah, a I mean. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. And I mean, that's, that's why I named my book Black Privilege, because I said that we have to start finding, you know, privilege in ourselves. We have to start realizing that we're special, too. And I mean, that's how I grew up. I grew up with them teaching me about black power and black pride and black excellence and black kings and the black man is God. And who did that? Just studying, like studying like the 5%. But what about your inner, inner, inner yeah, circle? Yeah, my father. My father always kept me, you know, watching, uh, you know, Elijah Muhammad videos and Minister Farrakhan videos. Like they just kept pushing black excellence in my head. So that's actually why I named my book Black Privilege for that exact reason. Because I feel like we have to change our mindset because everything starts with a mindset. Like if you wake up in the morning and you feel like you can't do something, it won't get done. And I feel like all this talk of white supremacy and white privilege, which is very real, has created a black inferiority complex in our people. So that's exactly exactly why I named my book Black Privilege. And then the subtitle is very important too. Opportunity comes to those who create it. So I feel like, yo, we can start creating our own opportunities simply by changing our mindset. That's exactly why I named my book Black Privilege. There's two ways to build the biggest building in town. One is to build the biggest building in town. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're talking about. The other is to tear down everybody else's building. And I think when you talk about black privilege or white privilege, when you peel away at that, 94% of the people are trying to tear people's buildings down. Mm. People hear black privilege, and I've been watching how people have been acting, they think that comes at the cost of somebody who's white or Asian, that's crazy. When people hear white privilege, look, I understand the macro belief that it comes at the cost of, except the people that have the mindset of black privilege. This is not a black, white, girl, boy issue. This is a positive, negative issue. That's it. That's it. And when, like, like, we all have divine privilege because we're all here. 
Like, I'm, I, listen, I know I'm, I keep going back to this, but I, that's it, 400 trillion to one. I love when Gary says that because it's so real. Like, you almost got to see it for yourself. Next time you have sex and the guy busts off on you, just look at all those sperm cells and realize only one. But wait a minute, wait a minute, out. wait a minute. Knowing a little bit about sperm enough to talk about this, how are you actually able to see it? Like, we don't, they don't, you don't, you don't, go, you don't take it and put it into a microscope. You can't really see it. You never busted off on a girl, Gary? No, no. I, what you mean? Of, co- I, of course, but I've never. You can't oh, you see the four. You can't see the four hundred trillion oh, sperm. Oh, got you, got you, got you. You got can't you. either. You're right, you're right. No, what are you like taking it and then t- putting on a microscope? No, I just. What assume, you got a microscope by your bed? I just assume when I look at it, when it's on my wife, I'm like, that's four hundred trillion. <laughs> <laughs> I just assume. We'll see. Yeah. So, did we answer the question? Um. Yes. Yes. For for Charlemagne did. Can I ask you a question, Gary? Of course. Go fast. Okay, um, I'm trying to start a beekeeping company. Um, a beekeeper? Around, uh, yeah, beekeeper. Wow. Um, this is dope because I, I just had new ideas. Where's my honey? Go ahead. Yeah, and I, uh, what do you think would be a good way to kind of promote that? I'm trying to do like um, kind of like urban beekeeping and stuff like that. I'm trying to kind of push that. To, you know what I mean? Also to the, uh, like, urban and black community. I don't like that word urban. Like, why does everything have to be urban? No, I know you don't. I, I, I just hate to be so, because it's not just black people in particular that I'm talking about. It's black people, it's uh, Mexican, it's, like, Spanish. Yeah, and there's not black bees, Mexican bees, white bees, bees are bees. <laughs> if people got a bee problem, they're going to want you to help them. Well, you didn't call it yeah, human. No, but it's That's true. <laughs> Listen, 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 real quick, real quick. If you want to be the black beekeeper, I think that's brilliant. Are you good at it? Um, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to be. <laughs> well, that's, let's start there. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, rich, or poor. If you stink at your skill, you're gonna lose. Okay. So before you try to build this brand, why don't you go work uh, for a beekeeper for a year and get taught the proper way to be one? Okay. Yeah, because you ain't gonna convince no black people that they, that they need a beekeeper. That's just an expense I don't need. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, I kind of figured that. No, no, but listen, can I ask you a really interesting question? Because now I'm excited. Is there a, is there a reason you want to do that? You like bees? Um, um, Tell the truth. You think there's money in it? Somebody once told you something? Truthfully, I, I know that there's money in it because there's a lot to there's a lot more to the beehive than just. Honey. I agree. You got pumpkins, you got um, um. There's a lot of stuff. It's beeswax, mm-hmm. it's royal jelly. It's a lot to it, and then the services that come along with it, like bee removal, listen, pollination, my, my young man, stuff like that. Listen, I like that answer a whole lot. I'm gonna give you a very. How old are you? Twenty two. No, thirty. Nice. You're a very, very young man. Go work for a beekeeper. I think that's a woman, Gary. Oh, sorry. Are you? Yeah. I apologize. Thank you. you I get it all the time. Yeah, I, trust me. Good news. I get, the, I get the reverse of it all the time, too. I call down to the hotel. They're like, your towels be right up, ma'am. I'm like, <laughs> um, Listen to me. You're an extremely young woman. Go work for somebody for two years. Learn the craft and do your thing. You can be on a 10-year mission. You'll be 40 years old, a year younger than me. How old are you? 30, I'll be 37 this year. Three years older than Shaw. (laughs) And you can absolutely win this game, but you're not gonna convince anybody about anything unless you are actually the part. We are living through the greatest fronting PR moves of all time because people think taking the pictures on Instagram proves it. It does not. 
and if you have a passion for this and you gave a great answer, you actually understand there's something there, I need you to actually then get good at it and then you can actually succeed. Okay, sound great. Thank great, you thank so you so much. much. Thank, thank you. you. I only know one person who had a B problem and that was Dr. Oz because when you go through Dr. Oz show, he gives you jars of honey. And the reason he start, gives out jars of honey because he had a bee problem. So he hired some beekeepers to come in and they came in and started keeping the bees and now he harvests his own honey. Do you know honey's actually one of the only things in the world that I don't like? I love honey. I put honey in my green tea every morning. I, I, and I'm trying to make myself like it because I did that with uh, cilantro. I didn't like it and then I just kept eating it until I loved it. I, I don't even know what cilantro is. When you said that, I thought that was the dude you know. that sang uh, Whip It Nene. <laughs> <laughs> Miguel. Oh. Miguel, this is Gary Vee and you Ask Gary Vee show with Charlamagne <coughs> the God. Man, ridiculous. Charlamagne, what's going on? Gary Vee, thank you so much for giving what's me a up, call. Brother? Of course, my man. What's your question? All right. So I'm a beginning loan officer in the state of Arizona. All right. So I, I'm an analytics guy. I'm one of those cats that you look at my Instagram, I have 500 people following me and I get 120, 130 likes per post. That makes me happy, right? Okay. So... I'm trying to jump that up. I'm trying to be patient. I have to learn patience from you, Gary, like nobody's fucking business. I don't think Gary has patience, to be honest with you. I, I surely do. I, patience is the, my worst enemy, by far. I would stab myself in the foot if, if, if I could, not to wait for something. Mm-hmm. So that's my question. That's, that's the problem. You think you're wasting. True. You haven't calibrated time. Charlamagne's making a joke, but like, I'm so macro patient, it's crazy. Like, I, I think in 30, 40, 50, 60 year terms, all the time, it's the only way I think. And so you think you're wasting time and I'm thinking that I'm picking up context. When I'm doing things that don't get instant results that 99% of people think is wasting time, I'm happy because I'm getting data from the reaction. If you're such an analytics guy, you're an analytics guy on the math front, you're not an analytics right. guy in life. If you're an analytics right. guy in life, you understand that all the things that are doing things that don't create instant results are frameworks and bricks to the reality of what you're building. Mm. Yeah, I got a chapter in my True. book and then the whole chapter is basically based off, uh, you know, there's, there's no such thing as losses in life. You either win or you learn. So it's like if you're not getting the results you want in that moment, you should be learning something from that experience. Let's take a step back. It's imperative that you figure out who you're trying to prove this to. Patience comes... Myself. Yeah, so I Myself, think... percent Great, then you need to start loving yourself a whole lot more. Absolutely. You're judging the shit out of yourself in a very yeah, poor yeah. way. I'm critical to myself. I'm fucking critical to myself and I've had to learn that a whole lot more too because now, I mean, this is my first 100% commission job gig ever. Right. So for that, for me, coming from that corporate mindset to, fuck, if I'm going out there and work and actually do my job now, yep. I'm going to shoot myself in the so that in itself is a fucking beast in me. Why do you hate your feet, bro? You want to stab <laughs> yourself in the foot, shoot yourself in the feet, foot? What's wrong with your foot? What happens when you can't walk right, bro? It fucks up your day, it fucks up your life, it fucks up your mentality, you can't run, you can't jump. Yeah. Not, that's so weird. This is a funny thing about mindsets. When you said that, I was like, I would dominate on a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> that's, it was weird. It was, I swear, 
It's super funny. That's like, why Gary I, can't lose. I, I, you know what? I think that's, that's right, man. I, it's, re, it was really interesting to me. I, I heard you say that. And I was like, man, if I was in a wheelchair, I would milk the shit out of it. I would create <laughs> stuff. I would like, I would come up with like, uh, like a sneaker brand, which would then be funny. You know, like I would do stuff. That's funny because Professor X was in a wheelchair, but he was the leader of the X Men. No, but he was the thinker. I get it. He was the thinker. My man, I think that makes perfect sense because it makes perfect sense that you say that too. Because it's a smaller, smart market, you can make yourself go into it. I understand what you're saying. Listen, my man. I'm telling, I'm telling you, you're beating yourself up. You're beating yourself up. And, and which means immediately you're set up to lose. So for example, I'm listening to you and I like your vibe and I'm like, damn it, he's probably not gonna be successful at this thing. Cause that's what I default into. I'm always ready for the loss. And I'm saying when he's not gonna be successful at this 100% commission job, he's gonna go through a shitty phase cause he came from corporate where he was protected. He went out into the real world. I have no idea what he's selling, right? He may be selling that's not that good of an item to sell. He might not be good at selling that item. Mm. And he's gonna decide in nine months that he's not good. And that's gonna take him three, four years to get out of that cloud. And so like I'm sitting here nervous, Miguel, I'm kinda happy you, you called. Because if I could do anything, please do this for me. When you fail at this 100% commission thing, be happy. Mm. And, and that is gonna be so ridiculously hard for you. I can taste it already. But remember I said that today, tomorrow, and 10 weeks from now. What do you say and about I that? I kind, of for, I kind of forecasted that on my own too because I like to, again, analytics and seeing myself and analyze myself often. And I had a position <clears throat> open up to me this last week for a team, which, I mean, a lot of the marketing shit would get off my own back, but at the same time, I would learn. And I heard you say that a couple weeks ago, you know, sometimes you have to take a step back so you can learn your trade, become a tradesmith on it, I mean, learn in and out. I haven't been, I haven't been to mortgage since September last year, bro. I can sell thoughts to a slug if I really want to, but at the end of the day, not everybody needs a mortgage every single fucking minute of their life. That's right. Nope, that's exactly so, right. You either want to learn, man. Too, that the industry that I'm in is so fucking detailed and it can go from A to Z, so many different options that it's really impossible for me right now, nine, three, four months in the way that I'll learn everything because I won't see that much business come through my pipeline to be able to learn from. So, so, I come back and like, so take a step back. Let's. We're being very logical here. So, yeah. if that's all true, which it is, why are you judging yourself on the first quarter in a triple overtime game? You yeah. got to do this for a decade before you can decide if you did it. Right. I guess I'm just being too fucking critical of myself. Just, you know, I so sure I you know, what's so crazy about patience. No, no, no. Real quick, I apologize. Please don't forget because I'm gonna get yelled at for interrupting you. You're, you want to win quick. If you just wanted to win, you'd be calm. Yeah. I'm super calm because I just want to win. And you know, I, you know I just, you will. I just, yeah. know it's, I just know it's a 50-year game. Yeah. The hell am I getting excited or bent out of shape of? When I met Steph Land, because she's here and I, I like using anything that's in the room, right? People, products. <laughs> we, we were talking about social media, crush it, in 2008 because it came out in 09. I will never forget that meeting, Steph. I was talking about stuff that nobody knew what it was. Like, it, like you understood it because you'd work with Seth Godin and stuff. You understood you were right for me because you understood it conceptually, but the details in it was like silly. It was just like, it was really right. Or it, the anomalies. Right. That's exa- you know what? Thank you. I remember sitting there writing Crush It and feeling the cynicism from the team, not in a bad way because everybody was very nice. As you can see, she's lovely. But it was like, no. But wait a minute. No, no, you can't go on YouTube and Twitter and just live your dream life. Like, is well, this could, right? If you were somebody, right? 
And what I knew was the long tail would be there. I knew there would be the hundreds of thousands of people on Instagram right now making 71,000, 89,000. Not everybody's gonna make a trillion. So, dude, you gotta be patient. You don't, you're not doing it because you just wanna win. You're doing it because you wanna win fast. Yeah, and that's, I, I, I basically was gonna have the same sentiment. The thing about life is, you can't fast forward life. It's gonna take, it's gonna be five years, it's gonna be 10 years, an hour is 60 minutes. Like, we can't speed up the process, regardless of how much we think we can. So you just gotta live the process out. We're, we're appreciate you guys, All right, man. man. Keep on killing it. Take care, yourself. Thank you. Gary V. A real pleasure, man. Thank you, man. Listen, you, man. I need to sell 100,000 books in my first week like Gary V. 104. Okay, 104. What's the exact number? 104. Actually, 100 and, uh, was it 100 and 500? 100? 149? Yeah. Top left number. That's an, ama- that's an amazing feat, by the way. 100,549. And that's for the Ask Gary V book. Let's, let's help this man sell 100,550 books so he can always make fun of me. Black privilege opportunity comes to those who create it. It's eight principles that I learned in my life that I'm sharing with the people. Okay, I'm not an expert at anything. I just got a little experience in life because I've lived. And that's, that's all you can ask for once you live a little, live little bit. Little. I lived a little. That's it. That's it. I've lived a little. So. Question of the day. Ask them. You get to ask the question of the day. Any question you want, they'll answer. You'll get thousands of answers. This might be a time to do market research. This mm. might be an opportunity to see some, something you're curious about. This is your shot. Um, my question is simple. Uh, do you believe that there is such a thing as black privilege? Like, do you believe that you can find privilege in your blackness? And, and can we use blackness as an all-encompassing? Like it, the yeah, person, because I don't want, I don't, yeah. As a perceived shortcoming? Because that's what it is. Yeah, it's perceived as a shortcoming. And I mean, I want people, even when they see this, I don't want them to think that the book is just for black people, because it's not. It's well, for anybody right. who's ever felt marginalized, anybody who's ever felt depressed, anybody who feels like they lack privilege. Like, I feel like it's a I divine. You got jet privilege. You, you got. All these giant fans run around. They think they're so cool and happy. What they don't realize is the Yankees and Rangers won championships for me and I dropped them like a bad habit. And now I'm all about the Knicks and Jets because I love the climb. <laughs> so you giant fans, you have it bad. Patriot fans think they're so good. I laugh at all these kids running around where they have their self-esteem wrapped up in their football team. You know what's so funny about that? Football team's good. Are you good, motherfucker? I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, so I always tell Patriots fans, it's gonna come a point where y'all down for like five, six years. It's yeah. gonna happen. Trust yeah. me. We dominated when that the '90s. Motherfucker retires at 50 years old. Yes. Fucking Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Gary. You keep asking questions. Will. My man. Podcast listeners, I really appreciate you giving me your ear. I respect it. I appreciate it. You want to one-star this shit? Cool. But if you want to five-star it, even better.